0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Startups Today podcast. I am your host, Jamie Green, and today I am sitting down with Romain Kidd, the CEO of MyMiniFactory. I met Romain towards the end of 2015, and since then, MyMiniFactory has expanded like crazy. They've grown their team, they've moved offices, they've raised over £700,000 on Cedars. In this podcast, we cover many topics, such as what you need to get started with 3D printing, where Romain sees 3D printing in five years' time, and much, much more. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Romain Kidd. Hi Romain, welcome to the show.
1: Hi Jamie, thanks for having me.
0: Great. Uh, So when I started this podcast a couple of weeks ago, you were one of the first people that came to mind to interview Uh, I remember visiting the office of MyMiniFactory last year and it just felt like a really exciting place to work because you had all these 3D printers all around the place buzzing away all the time and it just felt like a really, really exciting place to be. Um, But to start off with, and for those who don't know, uh, it would be great if you could introduce MyMiniFactory to everybody.
1: Yep, sure. So MyMiniFactory is a world leading 3D printable object sharing platform. Uh, so we're a platform like uh, like YouTube is a platform, just uh, creators instead of creating a video content and sharing that and building their reputation and their brand around this, their profiles. Uh, our content creators are 3D designers, so they upload and share uh, digital 3D printable objects, uh, which you can then download and send to your uh, own desktop 3D printer at home, if if you have one, uh, or or the ones you can um, bump into at the office, at university, and so on. So uh, we're really driven by the vision that uh, desktop 3D printers and and this technology, which is evolving, of course, will in the future be mainstream, and we want to be the leading platform that offers uh, digital content for these people to to download and print. And so as such. Uh, we're, 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 we're a very digital, web-based, community-based uh, uh, team. Um, we, you saw lots of machines, of course, around the office, but we don't actually 3D print uh, as part of our value proposition. Uh, we're just here to uh, offer the best place for designers to upload and share content and then for, for uh, people with access to these machines to very easily browse, discover, follow their sa- favorite designers and, and enjoy the, the 3D printable content. We do things slightly differently from, from other players out there. Uh, but, but I think the two main points are that uh, uh, we're we a highly curated platform and we make sure that every single object that's been published on the platform has actually been test printed before. Uh, we also check the, soft, the the files and the printability of the quality of the files through software. Uh, so people have this kind of trust that they need to, to make sure that uh, they have a great experience with their machine, not wasting any time or, or any filament. So quality is is one thing that makes us unique. And so uh, the second thing is that we're a, a, an open platform. Uh, we're independent from technologies. Uh, we're offering a, a range of, uh, of files and content for, for various technologies out there. Uh, and open as well in the sense that uh, our, our software is being used by manufacturers to integrate directly into their uh, desktop softwares uh, where, where 3D printer owners can, for example, prepare their prints uh, directly integrated uh, through plugins with uh, 3D design software to make it as easy as possible for, for the content creators, the 3D designers to actually upload and share. Um, so, yeah, quality and openness is what differentiates us in, in this market
0: very interesting and what are some of the most popular things to 3d print or what are some of the most popular uh design areas that you that you see on on your platform
1: yep sure so uh, the one most popular object is uh, a phone case for uh, playing pokemon Uh, it's been designed by a an independent designer uh, down under in australia and uh Uh, He came up with a design and published it on my mini factory and it really went viral uh, back in July, end of July, when the Pokemon craze was around. Um, And it's, of course, a a game that uh, plenty of people play. It's an accessory that makes a lot of sense for 3D printing. It's relatively small, prints relatively quickly. It's an order of magnitude, roughly an hour. Uh, It's something that uh, has a function, obviously, and there's um, dozens of millions of people playing Pokemon Go. Uh, still these days so uh, so this this is the, the one most popular object uh, on on the website uh, we, we do have a lot of content that that also revol- revolves around uh, video games fan art um, and and things that uh, that might be uh, taken from uh, the world of cosplay for example so a lot of uh, yeah. people who were used to producing um, these types of props uh, by hand uh, now uh, are using increasingly 3D printing and and that makes a lot of sense for uh, distributing content because some of these objects of course can be quite complicated and and require quite a bit of skills to to be created in the first place so that's why there's a lot of value in in the platform model that we offer to connect basically the people who 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 know how to create really tremendous objects like like some of the objects that uh, we have on the platform by by some of the amazing designers with the people who don't have those skills but but have access to machines and and have a need for digital content to to send to their machines, so uh, so a lot of fan art, cosplay, video game related uh, uh, content. We we work with quite a few brands as well, and so here companies like Activision or or Bethesda, which are some some big studios, are. are are some of the bigger names that we've worked with to create uh, high quality content Um, we also have uh, a lot of educational content in particular i think about our uh, um, uh, about our project with uh, with the bbc for the bbc microbit where they handed out one million uh, kind of let's call them very small computers very accessible computers that you can program yourself uh, and so it's, kids are also creating not only the code, right, but also the, the, the shell or the casing uh, or the object that goes around the micro bit to, to fulfill its function during those uh, those individual projects. So So we've got tons of educational content and, and with the micro bit as well in particular. Uh, artistic content, you know, uh, we have uh, close to 5,000, Uh, statues, busts and sculptures that have been 3D scanned from people all around the world. It makes the the largest, the world's largest collection of 3D printable art. Uh, highly curated, again, high quality content. Uh, we have lots of, um, uh, of gadgets and accessories, and what we and it could be considered, for example, the the iPhone that I meant iPhone case or phone case that I mentioned could be considered a, an accessory to 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 a phone, and that's in big parts our vision, right? We're, we've never tried to claim that 3D printing can. Uh, 3d print uh, a 3D printer can 3D print anything. I think that's that's uh, slightly crazy uh, but we think that uh, the same way it doesn't make sense to 3D print a smartphone today on on a desktop machine and, and that it makes a lot of sense however to, to 3d print an iPhone case. Well, we think there's, you know, pretty much every object around you, uh, for which it makes sense to actually have physical applications to enhance the experience of the core device, right? So, uh, so, so you, you improve your, your phone by 3D printed a phone case. Uh, well, you can improve, uh, your GoPro and attach it in, in new, unique places and, and get some great shots. Uh, or you can, um, 3D print an accessory for your drone, for example uh and and make it do things that it couldn't before and and so working with a number of brands there and we're working with some really nice brands p- people like pebble who do the smart watches again for creating range of accessories that that you can use with uh, with your smart watch um you know that's that's a big part of how we we source content as well um, and so yeah let's call it gadget and, and accessories there in in a very broad way that that's another huge category Uh, of content and then you know everything from uh, fashion accessories uh, to architecture models and so on uh, you know everything is is on is on my mini factory and I think that's one of the really cool um, uh, things of being of operating on with uh, with a platform model and for example not choosing to be a studio to create our own content is that we get to see what people actually come up with on a day-to-day basis and that's the funnest part of a job on a day-to-day basis again it's just seeing the creativity of the community and and at the end of the day that's what we believe in that's what we why we believe uh my mini factory can deliver a lot of value to 3d printer owners or or designers
0: wow that's amazing it sounds like you've got a a huge catalog (laughs) it's very uh very interesting
1: Of course, I invite people to, to to browse the website and and kind of get a sense of what's possible today. Uh, of course, we're very far from. Uh, from our vision both in terms of volume but also the machines in terms of where they are today with the technology we 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 do believe it's going to mature the technologies will change and so on Uh, machines will get much easier to use much faster to use definition will be much better and improved uh, and so on and so on and that will just increase uh, exponentially the need for content uh, at the same time as increasing the number of users actually using uh, desktop 3d printers
0: Wow, I have so many questions, but let's start with. Um, so, okay, I'm somebody who's never 3D printed. Uh, how? What would you say is a good entry point for for somebody who's never never really? You know, maybe they've seen 3D printers, but and they, they think it's interesting. They don't really know how to get started. What would be um, a good entry machine, for example, or, or a good way to get, to get started in 3D printing? Do I need special software? Uh, you know, obviously I need a 3D printer. But how, what, is, what is some of the, the easiest ways I can dip my toes in?
1: Yeah, um so so 3D print is, 3D printing is still desktop 3D printing is still in its very early days right and and the market that it's uh uh aiming for are, are the early adopters kind of makers tinkerers uh, in in many parts and that's in parts due to where the technology is at in terms of ease of use and and the capabilities
0: so it's um, it still and, quite complicated also, or is it uh
1: it's it, it, it's it, well you will have some issues probably with a machine and you know whether it's unclogging a nozzle or calibrating a machine those are not things that I would ask my mother to do for example today uh, or or at least expect her to have a great experience doing it so uh, it's still it's still uh, um, a, an early technology in many ways and and the advantage here and and what we why we're excited is we see there's a lot of uh, a lot of improvements that, that is going to be coming from the hardware and the software operating these machines. But uh, let, let's say you have you, you you know your way around a computer uh, kind of thing. Um, uh, the price for getting into uh, 3D printing with a reliable machine is is going to start around 500 pounds, something like that. Whether it's a kit that you assemble yourself and you're going to learn a lot about how the machine works. Uh, or or even a a a pre-built machine uh, in in which you can get started straight away Uh, order of magnitude the average is probably around say a thousand pounds or a thousand dollars and and much like a laptop you know you can go for the for a two three hundred Chromebook and it will do what a two three hundred dollar Chromebook does Uh, All the way to the two, three thousand professional MacBook to do uh, professional tasks like video editing and so on. Uh, And same thing, uh, 3D printers kind of go from the two, three hundred dollar mark with entry level machines all the way to the Uh, low thousands of uh, dollars or pounds where where you'll get a lot more out of your machine of course but which might make sense for a more prosumer approach to to uh, 3d printing so it might be a machine that you might have in in your office for example but say a a machine around 500 pounds you'll you know it'll it'll be a machine that works and it will be a machine that uh, that can um, uh, that can allow you to 3d print uh, let's say all if not most uh, of the objects on my mini factory obviously depending for example on the on the uh, efficient uh, on the build volume that that you can actually print with they have different sizes and so on but let's say that's that's the kind of uh, personal investment you would have to do before getting into 3d printing firsthand um and then in terms of uh uh you want to make sure of course that that you're using the machine correctly so make sure you you kind of invest the time to start with to to make sure to understand how the machine works how to operate it and so on Uh, of course go to my mini factory and and only download trusted guaranteed 3d printable content uh it's, it's always a bummer to spend you know hours searching for the best machine uh and then uh uh, investing money in, in a machine and then learning how to use the machine uh, and then just feeding files that don't work uh, it, that's just gonna waste your time and it's gonna build up frustration and, and then in big parts that's the problem that we're solving today uh, it's really the problem of, of, um, of quality and a great experience when using the 3d printer so um, so yeah let's say it'll set you back uh, a few hundred dollars or pounds uh, for entry-level products uh, a bit of time, of course, to get into it to try to understand how it works, how to operate it, uh, and then also um, uh, then it, it's 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 a m- much more fun um, uh, step where you're actually consuming content. Maybe you're designing your own objects as well uh, and sharing them back onto my mini factory.
0: Got it. So if I if I have a three D printer. And I can plug it into my computer. Presumably, I can download the files from from my mini factory. Um, what do I need to do? To do, do, there's some software in between. Is that software you guys provide, or is it is there third-party 3D modeling software that I'm going to have to download, or what is that bit in between?
1: Yeah. So the the software uh, blocks, if you like, for for 3D printing today. Uh, there's three of them one is the the cad software the design software the software that you use to actually 3d model the object in the first place you could be remixing an existing object as well Uh, but the output of that is basically an export uh, from this uh, 3d design software called an stl file Um, stls as well as uh stls have been around for for a super long time uh, it's not the perfect file format uh, we're working to improve that as well and we have an initiative called we design live where we try to solve some of the problems we've experienced firsthand in the last three years and in, in 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 trying to create sometimes content for 3d printing uh, so we've flipped everything around and and we've designed a, and we've built a, a live collaborative design software so imagine uh, what x or, or what google spreadsheet is to uh, excel well basically we design is to the legacy software out there so live collaborative m- multiple people can watch participate uh, create at the same time on the same object on the same build volume uh, social elements oh, wow. commenting and so on of course uh, but much more uh, uh, fun of course and much more accessible as well for for people to get in and and it takes 3d printability uh, uh, into account from from the ground up so uh, a lot of things that we've thought about there uh, so so the first the first block is is this design block you export the file as an stl file uh, the second second software block is called the the slicer the slicer is mostly a desktop software today even though it's uh, the slicing step is sometimes done in the cloud and, and, and sometimes it's run locally uh, on a machine but uh, it's usually today still uh, a separate software the slicer basically allows you to take this 3d model in digital format so the stl file and by the way the stl files are, are are what's shared on my mini factory uh, so this stl file is is then sent to the slicer and you put a few settings in so the slicer was, will usually work with the machine either it's a proprietary software or it's an open source software that's been configured and you'll give it you know a few instructions like hey Uh, can you print this as a draft but really quick or instead hey can you put a lot of detail and attention in this part because it's a final product and I want it to be very super smooth Uh, you can for example also do a couple of smart things one is to um, is to calculate where to add support material so this support material is basically added so that uh, layers actually have something to print on uh, you then snap off the support material after a print so that's one of the smart things these slicers do today the other one is optimizing the insides of the object so reducing the amount of material required by um, actually drawing a, an infill pattern with a, a variable density depending on on what uh, use case for example or uh, you, you might need the, the object for, does it need to be strong and dense or does it need to be heavy or can I afford to have a much looser kind of structure inside holding it all together? Uh, and, and once you, you, you've, um, you're, you're gone through the slicing process, uh, which again can be quite technical and partly the slicing step is why I, I wouldn't necessarily uh, give a put a 3d printer uh, or expect my mom to have a great experience with a 3d printer it, it's still roughly still pretty technical uh but uh the 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 output of that process is is basically g-code or, or a proprietary flavor of g-code and that g-code is run by the is read sorry by the third block which is the the firmware block so uh the software on board the um uh, the desktop 3d printer itself and and that basically reads the g-code uh, and turns that into instructions for uh, the stepper motors the extruders and and all of the parts and the electronics on on the 3d printer um, so uh so yeah so three three blocks uh, none of which have really been fought for 3d printing uh firmware you know and cnc uh sorry the uh, the g-code has been used in cnc machines for for decades STL files as well have been used for, for before uh, 3D printing. So uh, we're trying to solve a few things there with WeDesign.live with in particular.
0: Really interesting. And sorry, the, the software you've been developing is available now?
1: we launched a public beta over the summer uh so we're we're getting some feedback we're going to push it a bit more in in the days to come uh, i maybe by the time this uh, interview is published we'll we'll have it featured on the my mini factory home so i would invite you to to visit the the page if it's live already uh and and hit the create button in the top bar menu and and just have fun creating uh cool objects
0: really cool really cool so, uh, how old is my mini Fa- mini my mini factory now? And uh, how have you seen? Uh, what have been the most interesting developments in three D printing over the time that my mini my mini factory has been going?
1: Yep. Uh, so we started back in uh, June of two thousand and thirteen. So three three and a half years ago, uh, and two thousand and thirteen, summer of two thousand and thirteen, for 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 a bit of context. That's. Pretty much at, at the top of the hype curve uh, if, you, if you look at uh, uh, Gardner's publications, but also um, uh, I think in the media and when a lot of people discovered um, or heard about 3D printing in the first place. So it was a great time to start because there was a lot of hype around it. And people were interested and people were getting their first 3d printers and people were starting to create for these machines uh but it also meant that a lot of the expectations were, were overblown right and uh, uh we see this with with a lot of technologies and and it's a pretty standard curve yes. uh we're we're in the new phase now where um uh, a lot of the of the innovation uh, that is really going to drive uh, user adoption is coming from a, a, a different source. It's coming from major players investing a lot of money. It's coming from heavily capitalized startups investing a lot of research and development. And we actually see... Uh, you know, tangible innovation coming to the market. So, um, so to come back on, on the second part of the question, which is what, what have we seen in, in, in 3D printing and how it's changed? Well, I think what, where we were f- three years ago was, was in big parts fueled by the open source community. Uh, And the RepRap project in particular Um, and so uh, uh, People came together online and basically shared the blueprints for uh, Building your own machine uh, as a kit from parts that you could easily source from local hardware stores for example Uh, And that's really what's been driving 3d printing uh, up to now if anything and and some of the bigger uh, consumer companies in 3D printing are, are pretty much, uh, uh, let's say, derived or forked out of the RepRap project. Uh, a company like MakerBot, uh, which is not open source anymore, had, had very much this open source approach and, and a lot of the hardware that, that uh, came together in their first machines uh, to produce their first machines was basically open source uh, technology. Uh, same for uh, Alt- a company like Ultimaker today um which is basically a fork out of the uh, reprap project so we still see a lot of uh, companies that are are piggybacking if you like on the back of the open source movement and really packaging decent machines for people to actually have a good experience instead of trying to figure out where to source these parts and and how it works and so on so uh, so, so that's that's the phase we're kind of in and and the new phase we're we're entering is really a phase where where there's a lot more research, uh, fundamental research sometimes, a lot more research on, on very innovative materials, uh, a, a lot more capital invested by larger companies who are kind of validating the industry as well. Uh, so in particular, I can think of companies like HP, and I think uh, uh, they're, they're huge in the 2D printing industry, so it makes sense for them, of course, to, to move into three dimension printing. Um, but they've released a machine, even if professional or, or if not industrial, uh, but with technologies which will eventually find their way to uh, to the consumer world in the future. Uh, I can think as well of Carbon 3D, uh, or renamed actually just Carbon straight up, no 3D, uh, who raised uh, something like $150 million before their first commercial product was even released. Uh, innovating with technology, they again making 3D printing not not a business about 3D printing layer after layer, but much more continuous process with, with objects um, uh, much more organically uh, coming out of, of the resins they are, that they're cured in. Uh, so, so it's a different phase, and, and that's where we see a lot of, uh, let's say, bigger players with bigger fun, bigger backers uh, and, and more fundamental research coming to, to the machines.
0: Really interesting. And so on the other side of it, looking forward, uh, where do you see three D printing in general in about you know five or ten years time even like do you think do you think we can look forward to a time and say that there will be a time in the future when you know everybody has a three D printer in their home or perhaps you know in the office or what where do, where do you think we'll will go in the, in that uh, in in the in the near mid mid future. Yeah.
1: So so the vision is really that these machines are everywhere and everywhere and everybody having one. I don't need every single person on the planet. I mean, they'll be as kind of common as a microwave in your kitchen, basically. And some people have microwaves and others don't. Uh, But that's the kind of uh, mainstream uh, factor that that we're talking about here. Uh, So everybody has one or access to one in the future. Uh, in the kind of five to ten year range, uh, wh- what we think will happen is the technology will will evolve. Uh, new, te- you know, the machines that we'll be using in five to ten years will look probably very different from the ones that uh, people have seen up to now. The technology will probably be very different uh, once again. Uh, The manufacturers and and the landscape uh, might might change quite a bit as well. Uh, In terms of installed number of machines in five to ten years, it will be somewhere between uh, five and 20 million machines uh sold Uh, so we're talking about millions of of users and and people requiring content uh, at the end of the day so we're talking basically a a huge a huge 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 install capacity and then then the question of like okay but what what are people or or why would people get these machines and what will will they be using them for Well, if you look at markets and, and different verticals and huge industries like uh the toys and games industry which we use as a as a great example because of the amazing content coming from the community and and shared on my mini factory it's a hundred billion dollar market so even if a share a small share of that is addressable by 3d printing and by the way the materials are very close and by the way the creativity that that uh, that independent designers can bring to to this market and uh, all have the value on top. But you know, even if it's a small, uh, a few percentages or a few dozen percentages of a hundred billion dollar market, it's already a huge opportunity. And and so creating huge amounts of value for and users and and of course uh, we 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 want to try to to be the player that distributes this content to 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 three D printer owners.
0: Wow. OK. Uh, and so clearly the benefits, I think, of 3D printing are going to be enormous for consumers. But I mean, uh, uh, there's one one thing that was a little more contentious. I remember uh, there was a rather hysterical hype story a couple of years ago about people being able to, you know, if everybody had 3D printers, then anybody could just 3D print a gun. Uh, do, I mean, and there was, a, I think, a video of somebody who'd managed to do that. Uh do you think that's the, is that inevitable, or is that and if so, is there anything we can do about it, or is that just a completely overblown uh, a fear, you know, blown by by tabloid newspapers? What, what what do you think about that?
1: So first of all, I think I think there is a fear, and it's a subject of guns. It's it, it's a subject around safety and so on. Uh, it's it's a. It's a hot topic in in places like the U.S. and, and you know things like gun control. Uh, we we don't get involved in politics. We're a curated platform. We don't want to offer this type of content to to our users. Again, I, I mentioned, for example, the educational content. Uh, we have families, kids uh, browsing the website. We just Absolutely. don't want to offer no, nothing good can happen in, in offering this type of content. Uh, these files by the way are are not printable the the ones that you probably read about a few years ago don't really work on a consumer 3d printer Uh, you can print the shape out but it's not going to work as a finished product so you need industrial machines not saying that the tech technology wouldn't ever be around but you know at the end of the day this is a question you can ask to anybody working in in a field around uh, pretty new technologies you know it can be used for good and for bad you know uh, messaging can be used for uh, for making the world uh, smaller and it can also be used for uh, coordinating an attack uh, you know uh, uh, nuclear technology can be used for uh, solving so curing cancer and it can also be used for blowing up bombs um, you know and, and and you can use you know even the fork, if you consider that technology can be used to uh, to make your life easier and 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 eat in in a, in a in a better way, and it can also be used to poke someone's eye out. You know, <laughs> at the end of the day, it, it's the same question with every 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 technology out there. We just focus on the positive aspects, and the positive aspects are everything that's made possible by basically breaking down the barriers between the creators. And the consumers of the content, uh, our content, our objects, uh, uh, other platforms, and they've shown that uh, uh, they've gone to, 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 to be become massive markets, you know, video, music, uh, text and so on have, have shown the way. And we're just really trying to focus on the positive aspects of sharing this content and what people can have access to or, or the creativity that they can share.
0: Absolutely, and I, I think it is a, a very exciting future when you know when uh, when these machines can be in the hand of everybody, and and uh, I, I think it's, uh, it's really really exciting, and I'm I'm excited to see your your role in creating that future. Um, so, speaking of the of the company, how, how how did the company how did the company start, and what was your what was your role in the in the early days?
1: Yep, so uh, we were actually part of of one company that focuses on reselling, Uh, so iMaker, which operates uh, uh, two flagship stores, one in central London and one in New York, Uh, iMaker is a reseller of desktop 3D printers. Uh, And so my mini factory was very much uh, an iMaker project Uh, when when things got serious. uh, we kind of spun out uh, my mini factory uh, and, and made it its own entity. Uh, in particular, I, and I, it's probably when we met Jamie, uh, roughly a year ago, yeah. we were going through a crowdfunding, equity crowdfunding campaign uh, on uh, Cedars, uh, an equity crowdfunding platform here in the UK uh, and across Europe um so um so yeah so that's that's where we are in our in our story my my role <coughs> sorry um so as as ceo i mean uh i fix the internet and, and i uh, uh spend a lot of time on emails and and so on uh, but more seriously we're 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 basically a, a very small team uh, of 15 people uh and we um have a lot to do of course so um I, I spend a lot of time with, uh, uh, with the dev team and, and kind of thinking about the product and where we're going and the new things to build. And, of course, like, like every startup, we have limited resources. So it's always a, a game of prioritizing stuff. Uh, and then looking at ways how to best manage the community with, with the marketing team and, and the sales team uh, uh, for 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 managing our our customers as well, uh, but looking at, at at ways where we can how we can take better care of our designers of our three D printer owners and and our clients to to offer always more value. Uh, so we're still in a, very much in a learning phase with with all of these uh, actors. And despite being three years old, we're we're still a really 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 a startup at heart because. Uh, there's still a lot to figure out. And and I think that's the funnest part of my role uh, as CEO is being able to work with a team of of people who really understand what we're going after, this long-term vision, and, and that we have a unique opportunity to actually play a role of the role of pioneers in this industry you know even if you take into account other people working on let's say uh, competitive or, or similar platforms there might be you know 50 50 to 100 people around the world doing what we're doing and and with our with our vision we just think that it's a uh, we can we can bring a lot of value to, to designers and 3D printer owners and so we try to uh, to do to do the best we can of course work work our asses off and uh, and uh, I think that's that's the satisfaction that uh, that we can um, that we can get from it is is being the ones who actually execute this vision for, for the first time pretty much
0: you mentioned that you, uh, you did a crowdfunding campaign on Cedars, and I, I had a look, it looked like it was very, very successful. I think it was uh, something like £700,000 uh, raised on, yeah. on Cedars, so congratulations for, for that. Um, Cheers. So what, what, what was the decision to, to raise money on Cedars, and, uh, and how did it go for you guys? I mean, it, clearly it yeah. went very well, but how was, the, how was the fundraising experience using the Cedars platform is what I meant to ask yeah
1: so uh crowdfunding is something that's been pretty popular uh in in with 3d printing companies uh some of the larger projects on kickstarter for example uh our 3d printing company our 3d printer manufacturers uh, form has has made a huge uh, splash i can think for example of campaigns by Trius. i can think of campaigns uh, by PrinterBot uh, in the early days, um, there's been a lot of success stories for uh, desktop 3D printer manufacturers going to, to crowdfunding. And so we wanted to, to explore that avenue as a way for, uh, for going through our seed round uh, at, as a platform, as a digital content platform, where, by the way, every single file is free to download there there's not really a product that that is, is part of our main product that we could offer. I mean we could have always have made up uh, rewards and so on but it wouldn't be a, a core a, a core asset that we could have offered to our backers so instead we went towards equity crowdfunding which is slightly different instead of paying upfront for goods um, and and having a, a reward in this in, in, in as, as basically a pre-purchased uh, object uh, product coming to you. Um, we basically offer shares and, and equity in my mini factory. So for close to 300 uh, uh, crowdfunding investors we raised those 700,000 um, pounds back in uh, September October of uh, 2015. so it was a huge success uh, went over our, our goals by by a good 50 percent. Uh, so we were super happy with um, with, uh, with how the campaign went and, and, and of course going out to the world like this is, is always a bit uh uh there's there's always a little unknown because you're you're publicly putting all of this information out there and and you you kind of just hope that uh that things go your way and so of course when when they did and and of course there was a lot of hard work behind the scenes but uh you're 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 super satisfied when when things go that way
0: and what was the what was some of the the biggest learning you took away from 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 raising money, or what would you say uh, to an entrepreneur who is about to raise their their first seed round? Um, what what piece of advice could you give them? Something that you didn't know before you started this fundraising process.
1: I I think uh, at the end of the day, you you've got to be able to explain what what you're doing clearly to to either a crowd of people or or a smaller number of people if you decided. But you're not going for equity crowdfunding or, or such a public way of, of, of crowd or of funding your, your company uh, but you, you've got to be clear on on your vision how you explain it how you share it uh, and then try as much as possible to put it in front of people uh, for me the, the big learning was to be as unapologetic as possible about uh, bragging that that you were you had a crowdfunding campaign on right everybody has to know it and one of the big advantages for our crowdfunding campaign, is we already had uh, quite quite a few registered uh, members on the platform, so we already had a community to rely on to get this message out there, uh, and also get our, our first investors. So, uh, so that was a key achievement um, and 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 a huge satisfaction to see that uh, the the community we had built was also taking part, you know, believing in the vision and to the point of taking part in the in the funding round. So, uh, being completely un- unapologetic about uh, the fact that, that you're going through this this campaign, obviously, uh, if if you're if you're fundraising publicly through through crowdfunding or uh, or, or even um, more privately uh, it, it, through angel investors or or VCs, uh, it's got to be a priority at some point. Uh, it, it can't be something you just do on the side. You know, it, it's got to be a big focus of uh of, of some of the team members at least uh to uh to go through the process because uh if not you you'll end up spending a lot of time so being dedicated being focused on it like like any other project if you like um and then being completely unapologetic about uh, about uh, the fact that you're you're in a crowdfunding campaign and not not assuming that people would have had enough of hearing you say it
0: absolutely uh, you mentioned uh, uh, all the files. At the moment, they're all they're all free to download. Uh, so, what what is your what is the monetization plan for my or, or how do you how do you plan to make money now or in the future?
1: Sure. I mean, uh, so now we've got a range of of services that we offer. Uh, to businesses. So we don't have any B2C revenue, but we do have B2B revenue, uh, whether advertising or, uh, working with brands and product companies and helping them understand what it means to, to come to 3D printing. And in particular, through a product which we call Go Digital, which is basically. Uh, organized around design competitions, uh, where we invite the community to uh, create relevant content for these brands and product companies. So, like I mentioned earlier, accessories for drones. We worked, for example, with uh, Parrot, the French drone manufacturer, to create uh, accessories and plugins, if physical plugins, physical apps for uh, for their range of mini drones and drones. Uh, working with Pebble was also in that kind of format of, of going digital and helping them uh and helping them create accessories by by going to the community so so we do have some revenue today and and of course it's important for us to well as a business uh, but also uh, by working with these these key actors in the industry it helps us understand and inter- what to build and what features to incorporate and so on and so it's a it's a it's a key um well, it's sounds, a key it sounds experience. like a, a
0: great uh, a, a great service for uh, for businesses to be able to crowdsource new ways to uh, to build on top of their existing products. I mean, sounds exactly. <laughs>
1: Uh, it's, I mean, it's pretty much, you know, how we talk about, uh, let's say, iOS or Android being a platform. Well, it's a platform because uh, developers can come and 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 share their apps basically through through an iOS app store or through a Google Play store, um, and that's really the key, right? And the reason today, I'm pretty sure, in your pocket is either an Android phone or an iOS uh, smartphone. It's because they've won on that uh, on on that kind of. Um, uh, on, on that marketplace for designers for content yes. creators who, who essentially enhance the experience of the of the native phone right if you're using your iphone without having installed any apps you might as well be using a dumb phone uh, and same for for an android so the uh, value comes in that, in that content. In files, uh,
0: is, is going to be just as useless i imagine so
1: yeah, and, and what it means is basically all of the uh, the same way, again, that it makes sense to 3D print an iPhone case. Well, the drone manufacturers can now think of their their hardware, their drone, the actual UAV, the, the, the device, the machine, uh, and, and then allow external designers to actually create physical applications for people to customize, for people to make them do things they couldn't do before and so on. So that's, that's a big vision. That's a big part of our vision and, and what we believe in.
0: What has, been, uh, what has been some of the most difficult challenges you faced in, the, in the, last, uh, the last few years and, uh, or, or something that has surprised you in, in the last few years in, in running the company?
1: Um, sure. Uh, I mean, we, we've had to, to reinvent the way we've done things and, and, and the way we operate uh, a few times. Uh, and I think those are always uh, key moments in, in the life of a company uh our our vision is kind of all all, has always been the same our our values have always been the same but the way we execute and and the things that might make sense at one point in time or another might might be different and uh whether it's for example um uh, executing changes in the in in the team uh recruiting is probably the fun part but sometimes you you also have to uh, have to move on from, from certain elements. So those are probably some of the, uh, some of the not so fun, uh, activities of, of, running a, a startup. Uh, but, but the big, uh, the big satisfaction is, and one thing is today we're, we're speaking about my manufacturing and my manufacturing is still alive. So there, as much as those are kind of, uh, life events for, for a young startup, uh, let's say uh there's still things that we've managed to execute successfully and 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 the fact that uh, uh, my mini factory is a world leading platform i think goes to show that
0: absolutely uh so so what what is, what do you spend most of your time on, on a day-to-day basis what does what what is uh, what is the life of uh, the day in the life of roman look like
1: yeah, I mean, uh, so during the day, let's say, I mean, there's a lot of running around, of course, um, and, and there's uh, a, a lot of stuff to do, very interesting stuff to do, but uh, very, very busy days, of course, um, in terms of uh, spending time with the team, uh, trying, trying to set some directions, but also helping them uh, in, their, in their own roles. Um, at the end of the day, there, the, you know, it's it's not a it's not a one man sport. This is a, a team sport. So, so a lot of my time is spent with with the rest of the team. Um, then a lot again is is, is spent uh, on, uh, uh, let's say, the more boring admin stuff as well uh, that that come with uh, running a, a startup. Uh, and then the third part, I guess, uh, is spent around thinking about the product and where we're going. And, and features to build and prioritization and, and where the industry might be going and so on. So uh, there, there's a, there's there's a level which is kind of high up in the sky and, and there's a lot of uh, uh, nearly philosophy there if you like. Uh, there's the more uh, there's the funner part of spending time with with the team and actually building stuff and and, and really moving forward. Uh, and then there's also the, the kind of boring admin stuff uh, that uh, that I guess uh, most people could could hope they could live without.
0: Yes, I think so <laughs> um, So let's say you weren't working on my mini factory. what would you what would you be working on if you weren't working on this at the moment? or put it another way, what is the company that you wish somebody would start that you a problem that you faced and you just thought, I really wish I had the time to fix this problem or start a company to, to solve this issue?
1: Yeah, so I, I, I started my career in the energy sector um before before moving to 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 web and, and 3d printing uh, things move much faster in in 3d printing it's it's much newer technology of course uh, but I was basically looking at at uh, electricity markets um and and power markets and and what was happening there uh, there's a lot of inertia and for good reasons you invest in assets for for decades uh, but it, it does make it kind of slow for for um, uh for for the technology to move and really progress to to be felt uh, and and there are some obviously uh like urgent issues around climate change or or resource resources uh left on this planet and so real questions to think about uh so of course you know people who are working on on those types of questions uh Uh, probably have have a will have a lot of fun and and if they can bring their solutions to the market and I think there's plenty of stuff that can be done in those industries Uh, people might think of of Tesla but but there's plenty of other uh, things that that need to be uh, achieved in in the power markets and you know for example peer to peer approach to 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 power consumption could make a lot more sense especially when you see much more uh efficient distributed uh ways of producing electricity so that's always a sector i kind of uh, look at in terms of what what's the technology where we're at and and how how it could potentially uh be adapted um uh, i i also again also enjoy this this notion of peer to peer so you know, there's plenty of great examples that have popped up in the last, you know, five five years roughly with the Ubers and the Airbnbs and so on. And and they're also a big source of inspiration for my mini factory in terms of uh, taking decisions on, on doing one thing or another. So, so we, you know, I, I spend a lot of time uh, looking at, at what happens in, in those companies as well. Um, so, yeah, so those those would be kind of the inspiration uh, today.
0: Wow. Really cool. Well, Romain, I just have one final question and then I will let you get back to your evening. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you as always. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just the last question really is, is uh, where do you see my mini factory in about a year's time? And would you be interested in uh, having another chat with me perhaps in about a year and to see what you, what's changed in the last year and what you've learned and, uh, and yeah, what, what's changed in, in terms of the business and
1: yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely. I mean, we, we've introduced quite a number of features through, for, for example, the designer program where the best uh, designers of 3D printable content are, are actually seeing their, their, their free content being shared, uh, monetized. So we have uh, a small number today of really top class designers who really understand what these machines can and cannot do and create very relevant, high quality content. These these guys and girls are, are actually starting to generate revenue. Uh, small amounts, okay, to start with and in line with where the demand is, but that's going to increase. So I'd like to see uh, my mini factory, you know, be the home of, of more super talented designers. Of course, uh, growing our, our, our user base of 3D printer owners and people who have access to these machines. And so integrating with, um, with more manufacturers and their slicing software, making the content available directly where, where people are. Uh, we've worked with uh, something like half a dozen manufacturers today, uh, and so we're 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 looking for for um, inserting my mini factory uh, in, in in much more streamlined way uh, for for users. Uh, we we'll be looking also to to grow the business and and let's say the bottom line. Uh, working with brands and 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 around advertising products is pretty key to us. So. Uh, we've got our, our internal um, targets there for for uh, for 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 credibility, for cash, but also for uh, having a, a great story to tell around new content on the platform. So those would be uh, kind of the, the priorities for execution, and then. Uh, we have uh, other strategic, uh, um, uh, the strategic priorities around getting, of course, more and more and more quality content on the platform. And it's just growing the database. And there's a few tricks there. Uh, implementing tools like, again, we design.live, which I said is currently in public beta. Uh, so, so going through the process and really getting a lot of feedback from the community on, on the product and, and rolling out fast. Um, and then uh, working on, uh, uh, on on going closer, probably to, to key markets where uh, where we need to have a bit more of a presence. So uh, a fun projects there as well
0: fantastic well i think you're uh, at a really exciting place in a really exciting industry so i'm i'm looking forward to seeing what happens um just finally uh where can people find out a little bit more about my mini factory and what if you will have any personal uh links you also want to share to any of your personal twitter or anything else uh where can people find out more about you
1: Yep. So my mini factory. Just visit myminifactory.com. Uh, you'll visit our beautiful homepage with uh, with examples of objects that have been created by by the talented designers around the world uploading and sharing to the platform. Uh, we're on Twitter at myminifactory. We're on Facebook at myminif without the factory at the end. Um, you can find us on on other social media as well, uh, like YouTube. Um, right. For my personal Twitter, you can go uh, at RomanKid, uh, K-I-double-D on Twitter as well.
0: Fantastic. Well, Romain, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening. All the show notes, all the links to, uh, to My Menu Factory and everything else that Romain has mentioned will be found at jamiegreen.co forward slash podcast. And uh, until next time, thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye. All All right. If you made it this far thank you very much thank you for listening and uh if you did make it this far i would really appreciate it if you took a couple of minutes and went to itunes and left me a like or a star or an upvote or whatever it is you do on itunes and uh yeah comment share etc let me know what you think and uh that's pretty much it thanks everybody for listening ciao